0: welcome 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 to stars stones and stories i am your host rama and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth if you're into astrology cosmology living mythology earth-based spirituality and ancestral healing you are home If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is a sovereign sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian age. You may learn more about my work at Ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and support the work at patreon.com backslash Ramatribe. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey you are a hologram for the collective and you matter the world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever crystallize your medicine episode we will explore the solar gate of Beltane, also known as Beltana, the mystical marriage within of the divine feminine and the divine masculine principles, looking to the mythology of Isis and Osiris through the current cosmic weather, story medicine, and a guided meditation to anchor this journey. I would like to open up with a sacred container. And if you have the time and the space available to close your eyes, please feel free to do so. And if you're operating any heavy machinery, please stay grounded and alert. Please just take a moment to collect yourself if you're able to close your eyes and anchor and ground here and now. Perhaps checking in with your posture, see if your spine can come set a little bit higher. And just taking a moment to notice, notice your body, notice how you're feeling in this moment, free of any judgment. (sighs) Breathing long, deep breaths and begin to Bring your awareness to the base of the spine, the root chakra, and the soles of the feet and the palms of the hands. And begin to imagine from these spaces red cords of light, particularly from that wheel of light at the base of your spine, coming out the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet and the root chakra red cords of a light with silver or gold running through them and these cords of light begin to travel deep deep down through your dwelling space through the layers of the earth all the way through the different minerals in the earth to the core of Mother Earth Great Grandmother Hematite and you anchor these cords of light into Great Grandmother Hematite she is this lineage stone of protection of great nurturing she fills the spaces and the places up within our psyches within our lineage where There has been some sort of lack consciousness, so she's very happy to meet you here and to hold space for you and anchor you as you journey with the stars, always coming back to this solid, committed place where we draw down this cosmic energy to anchor it to our earth. And as you're in this space, you bring your attention, your awareness to your left side, to your feminine side, to your mother line, welcoming in your ancestors, all of your female ancestors, welcoming them in, trusting the wisdom of this container to protect And guide the space so that the healthy ancestors, the well ancestors, are facilitating. And then bringing your awareness to your right-hand side, to your masculine frequency, to your father line. And again, welcoming in your father line all of your male ancestors trusting the wisdom of the container and as you feel this support between the mother line and the father line this ancestral strength this ancestral might you draw that from great grandmother hematite bringing your awareness back to the base of your spine where you anchor in this wisdom of the unification of your ancestral lines of the gifts of the lessons learned the unfinished business all of it welcoming all of it knowing that there is genius support here and just taking a moment to welcome in the powers and spirits of the east the element of air the powers and spirits of the south the element of fire, the powers and spirits of the west, the element of water, and the powers and spirits of the north, the element of earth, grounding into our center, to the great ether, to our foundation, Mother Earth, welcoming all of her beings and life and abundance here on this beautiful planet, bringing our awareness up into the cosmos, welcoming in the luminaries, the planets, the astral gods and goddesses, seed nations, the high holy ones, giving gratitude for the ability to come together in this way. And may all who join in this circle be protected and be uplifted. And so it is, and so it is, and so it is. So, we're going to be taking a look at our current astrology through the lens of both the dark and the light of the divine feminine and the divine masculine in the month of May we really have an opportunity to unite from deep within this mystical marriage. And this is such a potent time of year. It is a time of fertility and ripeness with the land. May also opens up a gateway of really important retrogrades for the year of 2020. So this is an opportunity to retrace What we have experienced, to reflect on what we've learned, and to take a moment to see what needs to be sealed and closed and what needs to be revised. The astrology of May is also very significant because it sets us up for the eclipse season of the summer of 2020. We have three eclipses in the summer of 2020. And the year of 2020 has a total of six eclipses. So I think we all know deep within the medicine of our bones, how powerful the astrology is of 2020. And this is really a year where, I mean, this is like a year for the books, for astrologers. The astrology of 2020, we we are Consciously stepping into the age of Aquarius in a way that has not been done yet. What the astrology of 2020 is teaching us and showing us through some of these massive transits is that as we build up to the end of the year, where we have the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn meeting up at in between zero and one degree Aquarius, this is a profound, profound gateway. And what is happening as to the lead up to that great conjunction is the process of being polished, of going from carbon to a diamond. And this diamond mind process is not light. It's not for the faint of heart. It is not carefree and whimsical. This is the kind of work where you roll your sleeves up and you really get in the trenches. And, and that's the work that we're up to. So the month of May is quite significant because it is another profound gateway of descent. Descent meaning the willingness to go down to the underworld, to let go, to shed, to allow parts of self to die, knowing that in the cycle of creation, satanama, life, death, there's always rebirth. And we see that through the Celtic wheel of the year, This is where these seasonal gateways come through. Other traditions also carry them. And I've been working with with this wheel of the year consciously for a number of years now, and I've been teaching it in my work as well, because I think it's one of the most um, profound acts of rebellion we could do in these times is just get more grounded, more rooted, and more anchored with Mother Earth. And this wheel of the year really helps us to connect through the seasonal gateways. So in the Northern Hemisphere, in the month of May, we open up May Day, May 1st, with calendar Beltane. And we have solar Beltane when the sun hits 15 degrees Taurus, and we have lunar Beltane with the moon in her fullness of Scorpio. So Beltana, Beltane is the peak of spring. And our brothers and sisters in the Southern Hemisphere are going into the season of Samhain. So as above, so below, we are mirroring one another as below, so above, just as in the cosmic force, we on earth are having an experience that the cosmos at large is also having an experience. Just like the cells of your body are coming together to create you, we as the human collective are coming together to create this consciousness of mother earth. And belting is a peak. It is a peak of spring. It is a peak of the days becoming longer. The sun is warming, crisp airs. Um, We're starting to see the first signs of summer emerge. The dragon and the fairy lines are awakening through the channels of Mother Earth with a wild pulse. And The earth is very potent now. This is a really powerful time for manifestation and for fertility. In May of 2020, the seasonal gateway is married with this lunar potency of the Scorpio full pink Buddha moon. And this is an opportunity to really reflect on the unification of the divine masculine and the divine feminine from within. So as mother earth is coming to her peak the wild green man, Pan, Hern, Carnanus, Dionysus, and Osiris flourish with vitality, with mystery. These archetypes of the god force, generator, organizer, destroyer, join in divine marriage with Terra Gaia. We are able to trace through ancient times, back into Paleolithic times, this concept of the horned gods, the horned divine masculine. The stag, the ram. In these mythos, the male sexual vitality would rise up the spine and would be made visible by the extension of the horns, showing this emanation of mystical power and wisdom. May Day celebrations as many of us know, involve the erection of a maypole and dancing around the maypole, weaving in beautiful ribbons of different colors, which is also showing how one may weave in the male and the female frequencies. In other folklore customs, there is a tying of ribbons and cloth, to sacred trees, particularly hawthorn. Hawthorn medicine is very powerful this time of year as it's so much about the heart and shedding of grief. And these sacred trees are found to be even more significant when they grow by sacred wells. So, after being dipped in the well water, they hang in the trees as an offering of prayers for healing and gifts to the fairy folk, the fae, and also the guardian spirit of the well or the spring. The veils are thin at Beltana, at Beltane, just as they would be at Samhain. And they bring in fresh insights and understanding from the spirit world. Looking at the astrology of May, I think it's important to just take consideration for some of the transits we've been through earlier in the year of 2020, namely being that this year opened up with Saturn and Pluto coming into conjunction on January 10th. And as astrologers, we all knew that that was a very significant transit and we're still feeling the reverberations of that conjunction. A couple days after that, we had a lunar eclipse, and that was the first of the total of six eclipses this year. With spring equinox, given all of the radical changes the planet went through in the month of March, this really was a birth of the new earth. And so many people were claiming this as what has transpired. So many people were saying, We are birthing the new earth, myself included. And so there's been a collective witness, a collective acknowledgement that we are in uncharted territory. Now, on April 4th of 2020, if you add those numbers up, you have 444. And four is a very sacred number about structure and stability and building foundations. And on that day, Jupiter and Pluto met up. They were conjunct. And you have to understand when Jupiter and Pluto come together, it is a very intense alignment. In certain ways, it's kind of like an oxymoron because Jupiter wants to expand things and Blossom and is all about spiritual wisdom and growth and prosperity. And Pluto wants to magnify. Pluto is about deep, deep transformation and truth and resurrection. And as we all know, you cannot have a resurrection without a death. Jupiter and Pluto coming together, when you look at this transit. Throughout history, massive discoveries have been had, especially in space itself. And in the year of 2020, we have three conjunctions. The first of three was on April 4th. And on that date, Venus trined Mars. The second conjunction of Jupiter and Pluto is on June 30th and both of them will be retrograde and Venus will be in a wide sextile to Mars. And then on November 12th, Jupiter and Pluto will meet up once more. Both will be direct and Venus will oppose Mars you may not understand what that means right now, and, and that's okay. I'm going to explain it more in depth in this episode and in some future episodes as well. But I'm just planting the seed here for you to start to think about how these astrological transits are really weaving together. There, There's an intelligence that is being architected here. And that 444 gateway was so much about beginning to lay down consciously the foundations for the new earth, because four is all about stability and process and foundations and structures. And this entire year, we are dissolving the old outdated paradigm, the old structures that no longer serve. And yes, it is very appropriate to uh, Attach a lot of these structures to this concept of the patriarchal paradigm. And with that, in this renaissance, in this rebirth, we must consciously beware of our language, knowing that we love the masculine. We love men, and we need men to come and to sit at the table as whole and anchored in their divine masculine frequencies. We need that king energy now more than ever. And I think it's important to state that because it's very easy to continue these cycles of abuse and trauma and drama when we're demonizing a whole concept Right, it's it's easy to kind of plow through that. And so we're gonna go deeper into these archetypes in this episode. So with the Taurus New Moon, and that was that was back in April on April 20th, and again you can add those numbers up to four four four. So this Taurus New Moon, which opened up the astrology of the pink Buddha moon, which I'm recording this episode on, this Taurus new moon was another layer of foundation being laid down for this new paradigm, for this new earth, for this age of Aquarius that we are birthing together. And this new moon was really significant because it was the first time in over 80 years that Uranus in Taurus was conjunct the sun and the moon. Now Uranus is a higher octave of Mercury and is all about change and freedom and rebellion and revolution. It is eccentric and genius solutions from the future, very electric. And Taurian energy is slow, it's stable, it's steady, it's earth-based, it's Luscious and sensual. And so there's a push pull frequency between this Uranus and Taurus. However, this Uranus and Taurus cycle that we opened up in 2018 is all about really checking in with our value system individually and collectively, particularly in communion with the earth. And that earth-based connection, that earth-based devotion brings us to this month of May, which is so Venetian, so beautiful, so luscious. Venus is, we could say she is the elder sister to earth. She is an evolved concept of earth. And Venetian teachings are about beauty and love and creativity and art and culture. They are about connecting with nature. And they're about beauty, deep, deep beauty, a deep frequency, a deep resonance with beauty. Beauty is something that is not pretty. Beauty is something that is fierce, that you are willing to protect. And this Taurus time of year, this Taurus season when the sun is in Taurus, it is a time of really embodying that archetype of the artist, of of the lover. And it is about what we have taking appreciation and giving gratitude for that which what we have and this month of may every year opens up with belting this time where we are deep in sensuality the earth is literally blossoming before our eyes. It is potent and it is alive and it is electric. And May 5th, 5-5, a cosmic gateway, stepping into a new frequency of numbers where we go from the four to the five We can think of the five pointed star of the human with the two feet anchored and grounded to mother earth, the two arms extending out wide and the head, the crown reaching into the cosmos, drawing down that cosmic wisdom and anchoring it to the earth. And this day was very significant because the nodes of fate shifted their access. In November of 2018, they entered into the Cancer-Capricorn access. And when we speak of access, I am speaking about the dragon's head, the north node, the collective dharma, the collective destiny, and the south node being the dragon's tail, the gift's the experiences we've had, where we are coming from, places where there is still karma left to resolve. The north node has now gone into Gemini and the south node into Sagittarius. So we're going from a cardinal frequency to a mutable frequency. Cardinal energy is very initiatory, whereas mutable is flexible and adaptable, changing seasons. Gemini is all about polarity and information, the intellect, the mind. How do we communicate? We can think of the scribe or the storyteller, the fool, the jack of all trades, coyote medicine, butterfly medicine, So with the North Node in Gemini, there is going to be an emphasis on information and how we communicate, how we take information in. There's also an emphasis on being adaptable and connecting in with our local communities and being aware of taking up too much space by talking too much, um, being inconsistent or nervous. So we really want to be taking care of our nervous systems over the next 18 months. And that's even more emphasized with Uranus and Taurus. We want to be flexible and adaptable and really refine how we communicate and also refine how we listen. The south node in Sagittarius is wild, uh, like gypsy, fiery, spiritual, passionate energy. It's optimistic and forward-looking. It is about the teacher and the sage and the priest and the priestess. And so we want to make sure that we're not giving away our power over the next 18 months in particular, that we're not looking for someone to lead us, but instead we're leading ourselves We also wanna be aware of being overly blunt or jealous, uh, avoiding commitment or being impatient with others. And we might also see that long distance travel, travel to foreign lands might continue to be a challenge over the next 18 months. And so it's real important that we are finding ways to deepen into our local communities And with Uranus being in Taurus, also really deepening into the earth, growing gardens, cultivating food, creating local food sanctuaries where communities are resilient and empowered and really strong and solid. And We have this beautiful pink Buddha moon that comes to fruition on May 7th, and Venus rules this chart. The Buddha moon is said to be a high festival of resurrection where the Buddha received enlightenment. And this is an opportunity for each one of us to gain more insight, more wisdom more understanding. So with this Buddha full pink moon, we have the sun in Taurus shining a light opposing the Scorpio full moon. And the Taurian energy, it's earthy, it's connected and ruled by Venus and in the constellation of the Pleiades. And the Scorpio energy is all about Renewal and rebirth. However, renewal and rebirth only come after death, after a major shedding and a willingness to let go. And Scorpio is traditionally ruled by the planet of Mars. So in this full moon, we have this distinction really showing up of the Venetian and the Mars energy. And Venus is so much a representation of the divine feminine, Mars being a representation of the divine masculine. And since February of 2020, black moon Lilith and Chiron came conjunct and have been dancing together through this sign of Aries. Now, Chiron is the wounded healer and... He was a maverick capable of so many things. A musician, an artist, a storyteller, astronomer, an astrologer, a healer. There was so much he could do. The one thing he could not do was heal himself. And where he shows up in our charts is all about this space that has been wounded, that has been hurt. And his frequency around that wounding is even more so amplified in Aries because the Aries archetypal energy is all about this I am consciousness. And Chiron in Aries is on this deep journey to understand identity, to understand selfhood. And these frequencies coming together really show this shadow side, this dark wounded side around the divine masculine principle. Black moon Lilith in Aries also can show where we're wounded and traumatized with that divine feminine frequency. She's the moon's elliptical orbit, and where she shows up in our chart, it's a magnetic vortex where if we're not conscious, and even if we are conscious at times, um, if we're not conscious of her energy, then it is a place where we can be a tyrant to others or where we take on a role of being a victim. So Chiron and Black Moon Lilith, and Aries, they've been on this journey representing the divine feminine and the divine masculine and the places and the spaces that still need conscious healing. And I mentioned. As I was outlining some of the significant parts of the astrology of 2020, Mars and Venus have been on a very particular dance with one another. And if you followed the astrology of 2019, they also were coming up in fascinating ways. I mean, some of this is like total geeking out. But with this Scorpio full moon, there's a spotlight put on their frequencies. And this is because the sun is being ruled by Venus. The moon is being ruled by Mars. And in the chart itself, Mars and Venus trine. Venus is in Gemini and she's about to go retrograde. She's in the shadow period of her retrograde and Mars is in Aquarius and he's on a massive journey this year of 2020 towards the end of June, June 27th. He's going to come into his home sign of Aries where he will be for the rest of the year because Mars goes retrograde this year. And this is profound. It's profound on so many levels, and I'm going to devote a whole episode to Mars's journey because so much could be said about that. But for now, I'll just let you know that it's super profound because Mars opened up the year in the sign of Capricorn, moving along with Jupiter, with Pluto, with Saturn, with Pallas Athene. And so much of this was about the dissolving of these foundations. And then by the middle of the year, by the end of June, Mars comes home to his home sign of Aries and will begin to square these points and then will retrograde and we'll go back over the points, and then we'll go direct and we'll go back over again. So, this is a major journey. And as Mars is moving along in this journey, Venus is doing her own very intricate dance. And so, we have this conscious weaving of the divine feminine and the divine masculine frequencies, weaving, weaving, weaving as we get to this great conjunction of 2020. So, back to the Scorpio pink moon. It is when we talk about Scorpio energy, moon and Scorpio is one of the more challenging places for the moon to be because the moon is our soul, it's our emotions, it's our past. And Scorpio is like the abyss. Scorpio is like the void going so deep down into the well. And the frequency of Scorpio has three main archetypes, the scorpion and the snake. And when we think of the snake, it's this process of shedding, of dying, of literally molting the skin to be reborn. And when one is reborn, there is a phase of being quite tender and then again, coming to another phase of completion. So we can think of the Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail and the cycles of time and the cycle of creation. When we go into that space, we know that there really is no true death everything in life is a cycle of rebirth. And it's one of the reasons why particularly I love astrology so much because astrology is about this understanding of how these cycles of time work and how everything is very wave-like. We have a transit, for instance, we could say Venus retrograde because she's about to go retrograde. We have a transit, and it's not that the transit happens and then everything's done and complete. So with the journey of the retrograde, we have the the descent, the first part of the shadow. We have the void of the retrograde, the death process itself. And we have the ascent, the tail end part of the shadow. And the retrograde is a wave everything is a wave. There's a reverberation. I play the gong and the gong, you hear many sounds. You hear all of the sounds contained in the multiverse in one stroke of the gong because the gong reverberates. And that is what this science and art of astrology does as well. So this third well-known archetype of Scorpio is the eagle. And the eagle comes to connection of the primordial bird, the primordial bird goddess. The eagle has the ability to fly above, to have perspective, to have breadth and width. And in its highest form, Scorpio energy is the energy of the phoenix. Phoenix energy is all about self-mastery. The phoenix is willing to die knowing that there is a rebirth, free of any doubt. And so this Scorpio energy is transcendental and embodied, and it is deep, and it is real. And these times that we're living in are so much like phoenix times, And particularly this Scorpio full moon is an opportunity to really embody that frequency of the Phoenix, of diving into the depths of your own magical capacity, of being willing to illuminate the journey through the dark spaces. But we also want to be aware to not push too hard or too far, to not force people out of their own comfort zones, to notice where we are jealous, where we are possessive, where we hold grudges, where we're too rigid, where we're too suspicious. All of that are shadow parts to the Scorpio frequency that can also be coming to light in this full moon. Now, as I said, in ancient astrology, Mars is the ruler because Mars is so instinctual and Pluto is the contemporary ruler. Pluto being that magnifying lens on what is true and what is real. So in this pink Buddha moon, as Venus and Mars trine in this mystical marriage, They're squaring Neptune and Pisces, which is all about the dream. And so as the divine feminine and the divine masculine are coming together, they're trining, they're creating beautiful harmony, gifts are abound. We also want to check in with the dream. What are we dreaming? Are there limitations to our dreams? Are there obstacles? Are these obstacles real or are they just illusions? Are they forms of self-sabotage? Where do we check out? Because it's easier to stay in our comfort zones. These are all deep questions that we're working with in this astrology. And it's real important to check in with these spaces and places. So this lunar cycle is bringing endings and purges to create a new space. And this full moon is opening up. A significant doorway as we prepare and begin retrograde season and eclipse season. Retrogrades, remember, are about revisions, about revitalizing self, about renewal and restructuring. And eclipses are wild cards, they're a turning of the wheel, they're unexpected surprises. There are times of great birth and times of unknown death. So this full moon is very potent. I would say more potent by far than your typical Scorpio full moon on any given year. And just continue to connect with that archetype of the phoenix rising from the ashes Knowing that there are possibilities as you stay focused on your goals for truth to come to light, for a positive return of all of the energy you've been giving out, for a reclamation of putting boundaries in place. And as consciousness shifts, as plots twist, as information, truth comes to light, Be willing to say what you know is true. Be willing to bring your truth to the table. New beginnings are coming to light. And on May 11th, Mercury enters one of its home signs of Gemini. And on that day as well, Saturn goes retrograde. Saturn is in Aquarius at one degree, 57 arc minutes, and went into Aquarius on March 21st, just after the birth of the new earth, just after spring equinox. And will go through the sign of Aquarius, tracing its steps back until early July, and then will not enter Aquarius again until December 17th of 2020, getting ready for that really powerful, great conjunction, this astrology that we're building up to in the year of 2020. May 13th is the date when Venus retrogrades. And as I said, she's been in her shadow phase that began in... April on April 9th and she's retrograde from May 13th until June 25th and then she clears her shadow on July 28th. So we could say the entire retrograde phase, her descent, her void, and her ascent is from April 9th until July 28th. And Venus is in Gemini. Now, Venus retrogrades, they occur every 18 months. And Venus wants us to check in with our values, with our love for beauty, for art, for culture. And in Gemini, she wants us to look at how we communicate these values, how we relate to them, how we take in information. She wants us to really think about the polarity, the duality between the light and the dark. And this Venus retrograde is a very important time to anchor into your values more than you ever have in your entire life. Because as we are birthing the new earth, your values must align. How you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you think, this is how you create reality. You are voting with your precious frequency and Venus retrograde, wherever she is taking her descent and void and ascent in your chart, whatever house those Gemini degrees are occurring in from 21 degrees through about five degrees, Gemini. That's the place that you were being asked to revise your values around, to really focus in, to hone in. And this is the feminine on a journey of true self expression. She really wants to express herself through you, and in that self-expression, it needs to be authentic, it needs to be real, it needs to be you. Through her journey, Mars is in Pisces. So he enters Pisces right just like right before she goes retrograde. This is very significant Mars in Pisces is 12th house energy. We're thinking about cosmic consciousness, um, the hidden, the places of self-sabotage. And so the divine masculine is going into a deep space of reflection, of refinement. And while the divine masculine is in this space, the feminine is on her journey of self-expression. Mars will be in Pisces until June 27th and then he goes into Aries and this is right after Venus has gone direct. So the awakening of the feminine and the masculine is coming to life after Venus's retrograde. It's powerful and then as I mentioned, he goes retrograde, Mars goes retrograde later on in the year so there on a collective level each one of us is really connecting in with our divine feminine and our divine masculine frequencies and on this venus retrograde as she goes into the dark into the underworld and she has to sacrifice something she has to let go she has to shed things that are no longer authentic to your value system, you must shed and you must let go of. And with this Venus retrograde, it's a time to allow yourself to hang on the hook, to think of the goddess Inanna and her descent into the underworld, how she went through those seven gates. And in each gate, she had to give something up. And then she hung on the hook. And that had to happen before she had the process of her ascent. And each one of us in this Venus retrograde cycle, particularly even more emphasized because Saturn's retrograde, Pluto's retrograde, and Jupiter is meeting up also to go retrograde. It's really a time to check in with our values, our sacred life force, and how it's being used on this earth to walk our talk, to embody our truth, and anything that is not in alignment with that, to just let it go and let it go with grace. So May 14th, Jupiter goes retrograde, and then on May 17th, Pallas Athene goes retrograde. We have many, many planetary archetypes retrograde asking us to revise, to really look at what is true, what is real. And it's a potent time. And again, I feel like ultimately what this is about is this divine feminine and this divine masculine frequency. The Divine Feminine and the Divine Masculine come together to create this mystical marriage, this sacred union, this holy space that is like yin and yang, positive and negative charges coming together. And the world of nature has this embodied throughout it. We have this embodied within each one of us and we see it in the world around us. And these concepts of the feminine and the masculine go beyond genders. They are frequencies that we carry in our bodies and they come into frequencies that could be put into shadow versus the realized consciousness that which is in shadow is the parts of ourselves that are still evolving that still need attention and care and the shadow is necessary it is beautiful it gives us it gives us something to chew on right it gives us a curriculum here on earth if everything on earth was just light and bright Then we would all be quite bored, believe it or not. (laughs) It would probably be just a little while before we would become bored. We need a charge, we need a challenge, we need things to learn and to grow and evolve with. And so these are not arrival points, they are cosmic frequencies that are a cosmic dance in creation. However, throughout the ages, we've become very far from any sort of harmonious union. We've had a lot of these shadow frequencies of both the feminine and the masculine overriding the realized frequencies of the feminine and of the masculine. And the divine feminine shadow side is That feminine frequency that is of victim consciousness. She can be codependent and passive and manipulative. She might be overly emotional or inauthentic. She can be cruel and insecure and the shadow frequency of the divine masculine is he can be an oppressor he can be detached or very ego driven very aggressive emotionally checked out but also dominant at the same time abusive and controlling and just plain ruthless when these frequencies are in their conscious state they're quite different and We carry these frequencies, every single human being. What I'm speaking of, it's beyond gender. This is something each one of us carry. And as yogis, we know about this through the Ida and the Pingala, these sacred channels that begin at the base of the spine through that central nervous system, the central cord of light, the Shushmana. And the Ida and the Pingala, They begin at the base, at the root chakra, and they both open up, and then they come back together at the next chakra, at the sacral chakra, and then they open and they cross over one another, and they weave. They do this weaving through all of the chakras, these energetic gates in the human body. And as they move up through the spine, they come into the brain where they can emit this amrita, this pure realization through the consciousness that is then so intelligently given to and through the entire system of our human bodies And this is how we can really contain and digest cosmic consciousness. And it is through the honing in and the loving of our divine feminine and our divine masculine from within that we can begin to create this sacred conscious cosmic dance. In these times that we live in, we are each being asked to be sovereign more than ever before. And in being sovereign, each one of us needs to activate that divine feminine from within and the divine masculine from within. It is about being really strong and upright. It is about being free of these patterns that hold us back. So the divine feminine in her conscious Evolved space. She's very yen. She's lunar. She's receptive. She's creative. She's in tune with her emotions, deeply intuitive, very passionate. She's in flux. She's changeable. She's changing woman. She's multifaceted. And she's cooperative. She's deeply sensual. The divine masculine frequency. He is young. He is solar. He is confident. He is courageous and grounded. He is giving. He has solid boundaries and knows how to lead. He is responsible and protective, vulnerable, adventurous, solutions-oriented, objective, and logical. And each one of us As we come into a state of consciousness in our evolution, we learn how to bring the feminine and the masculine to light, to realization. With this full pink Buddha moon, as each one of us has this ability to receive a new level of inspired empowerment, we also have the ability to connect in deeper to that divine feminine and that divine masculine principle within, creating that mystical marriage in this portal of Beltane. However, this realization comes from deep within the well of knowledge, of self-study, and it is by truly understanding the journey of your own divine feminine, your own divine masculine Where they have been in their shadow, where they have been wounded, where they have been in trauma, where they have been abused, and where they have been abusers. And this is the work that we are doing, the heavy lifting we are doing this retrograde season. The divine feminine and the divine masculine, they're both on their own unique journeys. They're traveling through different parts of the psyche and the chart. And they want us to be willing to turn the stones over, to be willing to look deep within. And this astrology of May is propelling us into the descent where we may sit in the void where we may really be willing to pause and reflect and do this great work. So we come to this story, this mythology of Isis and Osiris from the ancient Egyptian cosmology, Isis known as Iset, Osiris known as Wasir and they are lover and beloved they are king and queen and their journey is one of great trust of longing of persistence and their journey shows us how we have that ability to be whole from within. So in the story of Isis and Osiris, they are born of the same womb. They are brother and they are sister. And they become lovers. They become king and queen. Isis, queen of the stars great mother goddess, goddess of 10,000 names. Osiris, a version, an archetype of the green man, that primal force so connected to the earth, to nature, to the cycles. Isis in her creatric self, and Osiris, in his stronghold, his protection, taking care of his queen. And they have another brother, Set. They have another sister, Nephis. And Set is very jealous of Osiris. Set is that shadow, frequency of the divine masculine. And set is really just another side of the same coin of Osiris. Set is the shadow. Osiris is the light. And in this mythology, set becomes so jealous that he tricks Osiris. And in the trickery, he kills him. It, it takes some commitment. <laughs> it takes some of his own perseverance because Osiris is quite intelligent. But he tricks him to lay in a coffin that he has created for him. And Osiris dies. And then the coffin went down the Nile and... Osiris was missing. And so Isis went on a journey for her beloved, for her king. And she went through many layers. She had to leave her homeland. She went through many initiations to find him. And when she found him, he was dead. And she brought him home and her dear sister Nephis. Nephys was guarding Osiris's body while Isis went looking for sacred herbs so she could create a medicine, potion, to bring Osiris back from the dead. Isis, goddess of 10,000 names, healer, queen of the stars, she is capable of so much she is so vast and she left her sister to watch over her beloved's body and in that time set came and tricked nephthys and took osiris's body and cut it into 14 pieces and then began to distribute them systematically throughout the land of Kemet, throughout Egypt. And now Isis returns to learn this information and is in so much grief, yet in her wisdom continues to bring her beloved back to life. And so she goes on a journey, a very arduous journey And she transforms herself into the vulture goddess so that she may begin to fly like that primordial bird fly over the earth to find her beloved. She may find him through her sacred senses and through her gifts and her abilities. And she finds the pieces of his body. She finds all 13 missing the 14th, the 14th being his phallus. And we see this mythology come to life at the temple of Abydos in Upper Egypt. And it is a beautiful mythos where the god Osiris is directly connected to the Jed pillar, the spine, the column of light that Connects us from Mother Earth to the cosmos. And as I was speaking about the Ida and the Pingala moving through the Shushmana, the Jed pillar, the spine of your being, this is your central nervous channel. And it is believed that this temple, Abidos Abju, holds keys of resurrection. Within it, that as you move through the temple and allow the temple to move through you, you receive this wisdom of great transformation as the phoenix within you comes to life, is reborn. And so, Isis, being the creatrix that she is, creates a phallus out of clay. And alongside her with her son Horace, and this is how these ancient Egyptian stories work. There's so much cyclical symbology happening that allows us to really understand time and how time works, and that time is not linear. And that is part of what we are experiencing in this year of 2020 is the realization that time is not linear. We have been bought and sold as a people that time is linear and it has been a way to control the masses. However, with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction and then the three conjunctions of Jupiter and Pluto in 2020 leading up to this Saturn and Jupiter conjunction as we step through the full-on gate of the age of Aquarius. Much like that, the goddess Isis resurrects. She brings Osiris back to life long enough so that she may come into complete union with him. The divine feminine and the divine masculine completely unified in this mystical marriage, the shadow and the evolved consciousness coming together in union as the feminine and the masculine come together. And they sit in the four chambers of the holy heart in this mystical marriage and from this union, Horus, the divine child is born. Horus, Heru, freedom from this place of transcendence, this ability to go beyond the structures of the mind as the structures that we have been bought and sold are dissolving before our very eyes the gates of freedom are opening however they only open when we step through them with consciousness with commitment and with the devotion to the process and the union of Isis and Osiris as the two of them come together it is the union of heaven and earth. When they came together, that was the time of year the Nile would flood when the heliacal rising of the star Sirius, Sobtet, was visible. And this would bring fertility to the lands, a fertility that brought in the realm of eternity. As we consider our current astrology and the living mythology of these ancient stories that are also our future, this is an opportunity to consider what we are broadcasting into the quantum field. And through this, I invite you to join me in this embodiment practice. Now, I invite you to go back to that anchored conscious space that we began from. And this is the embodiment of all that we've explored in this episode together. So, If you're unable to settle in and be present, I suggest you pause here and come back at another time. Take a moment and get comfortable in your space. Perhaps come lie down or find a comfortable seated position. And turn off any devices close doors as necessary make sure your body is warm and that you feel secure in this moment and begin to bring your awareness deep into the breath into your body imagine from the soles of the feet this golden wave of relaxation coming in through the soles of the feet circling up through the ankles the shins, the calves through the knees up through the backs and the fronts of the upper thighs the quads into the glutes and the groin and the pelvic bowl your sex organs moving up into all of the digestive organs the adrenals The kidneys up through the ribs and the lungs through the four chambers of your heart up through the throat and the neck and then coming down this wave of relaxation coming down through the arms elbows down through the wrists out through the fingertips spiraling back up through the arms, the throat, the neck, through the back of the head and the jaw, relaxing the teeth, the root of the tongue, all of the bones that create your face, relaxing deep into your optic nerves and Taking this wave of relaxation deep, deep into the center of your brain. Relaxing every bone in your cranium, the ears, every hair on your head. And feeling a force field of protection, feeling the might of your ancestors, your feminine and your masculine deep within your mother-line, your father-line backing you. Feeling the guides and guardians that you work with, the saints, the angels, whatever divine forces that are truly holy that you connect with, inviting them into this space, consciously, From the soles of the feet, the palms of the hand, and the base of the spine, drawing down a red cord of light, perhaps silver and gold, spiraling within this cord of light that goes down through the layers of your dwelling space, down through the layers of sediment and soil, through the mineral beings, all the way down to Great Grandmother Hematite, this lineage stone of protection. Where you anchor here and now and in this space your body just feels so heavy so relaxed the mind wanders free knowing that anything of great importance you can come back and focus at the right time and so from this space you begin to journey and you find yourself journeying along the back of the most primordial bird goddess you have ever seen or felt and she has the most magnificent wings and feathers notice notice what you see and you take in As you're flying through the sky up and out into the cosmos with her feel the wind blowing as you travel and she takes you on this journey and as you travel through the stars you realize this is great mother Isis goddess Iset and she weaves so elegantly bringing you back down to earth through the clouds however you're not going home you're flying over a desert terrain and you begin to realize that this is the land of Kemet of Egypt you fly to this beautiful small little space that you're beginning to make out more and more as you come closer to landing you see a tree and a pond and you come down spiraling down and she lands you ever so gently right near this Little pond that you're drawn to immediately, this small body of water in a landscape that feels like you're quite far from others, although you can also feel people not too far away. And you begin to make offerings and prayers at this pond and you find yourself drawn to the dwelling. You notice this tree. It's at least hundreds of years old and so buoyant and proud. And so you take a moment to walk over to the tree and connect in the way that you do. And then the magnetic pull to this small little temple is just too much. So you come you come up to the door and you take your shoes off, leaving them at the door. And again, from your sacred pouch, you give offerings before you walk in first asking permission silently from within, if you may enter. Once you receive your yes, you walk through the temple door and you stand for a moment. It's like you have entered a void, a vacuum. All you can hear around you is the sound of space, and you are drawn immediately to the right. You go through this area and there's a small door and you walk through this doorway and you're in a small dark space with one little shaft of light. The space of honoring the north The grandmothers the grandfathers the wisdom that has come before and you give your prayers your offerings your tears your intentions your gratitude to the elders who have come before and when you are ready you emerge out of this doorway and continue to move to the right going in a counterclockwise direction through the temple you enter in the next doorway it is much more bright in this space this is the direction of the west of the place of the setting Sun of the dissolvement of Of the shedding and the letting go and again you give your offerings here and you notice you notice when you're complete you come out of the doorway continuing along the right through this corridor that stretches behind the center of the temple The corridor is dark and stone. There's not much light, but you're able to find your way through to another doorway and you walk through this doorway. The space, the direction of the south, it is dark in here, but there's a strong shaft of light and great, great sounds coming from the teachers who have come before the masters and you connect in and you give your offerings in the sacred space and when you're complete you come out of this space and you continue along the right going To the next doorway the last doorway around the edge which surrounds the center of the temple and you enter in this last doorway the space of the east of birth and the rising Sun of renewal and resurrection and the wind is fierce in here and you allow the wind to speak to you, giving your offerings freely. And when you're complete, you emerge out of this doorway, walking back towards where you first began, facing the doorway of the center of this temple, the holy of the holies the center of this womb of the great mother Isis, You come to lie down on your back and as you sink onto the floor of this temple, you feel so much all at once. You feel the presence of so many different beings, human and otherworldly, coming through and you feel Great Mother Isis, Isis. And you feel Great Mother Isis come to you. She comes and she touches her hands to the soles of your feet. She invites you to close your eyes and she says, Let go of all fear. I am here with you now. And from her hands emerge these little black scorpions, seven of them, and they begin to crawl up your body. First, coming to the base the root chakra of your body and they begin to purify to purge all of the places and spaces where you have had fear around receiving fear around your complete connection to the earth primal fear around prosperity around money you shed these fears you shed judgments around past mistakes that which is ready to be dissolved these scorpions begin to eat away the decay and you feel you feel free they begin to move up to the sacral chakra where this bright orange light emanates from your womb space dissolving the stagnancy and the blocks to creativity dissolving your past disappointments dissolving the spaces where things didn't happen the way you wanted them to letting go Letting go of the places where you are afraid to create, where you are afraid to be seen. Letting go of your fear around being in your divine feminine passionate place. And when they've completed in this space, they begin to meander up into the solar plexus region the seat of your will, this yellow wheel of light, they dissolve all forms of victim consciousness, forms of fear around your own power, your own drive, your own confidence, fears around your masculine frequency, around teachers and masters. and they meander up into the heart chakra, this green pink frequency of light, wheel of light, and dissolve the places where there is deep grief and sorrow, where you have let go of trust. They dissolve the places that keep you from your creativity. And they move up into the throat wheel of light, this blue wheel of light beginning to dissolve the places where you have held your voice back, you have held yourself back from speaking your truth, where you have had hesitation to be your true unique self. They move up into the third eye space, shedding the places and spaces where you have had lack of clarity, lack of vision, where you have been afraid of your vision. You see this, these decayed, outdated paradigms being dissolved. And from there, they go to the crown. This violet wheel of light spinning everywhere where you feel a burden of responsibility for the planet, for humanity. They dissolve these spaces. They dissolve your fears around God consciousness, creator that which is ready to be let go of. And they begin to move now around your body, around through your auric field, anywhere in the auric field where there are punctures or tears in your energetic frequency. They work through and remove the poisons from you. And then they begin to these seven scorpions begin to circle around your body seven times and then from there they scatter they scatter into the void just as quickly as they came great mother Isis her hands have been on your feet the whole time and she begins to now move them to Your knees, your womb space, your heart, your eyes, your third eye, your crown, and she stands up and begins to. Create the most beautiful sounds you feel the threads of all of creation all of your lifetimes all of your powers coming to you here and now you when you're ready to come back onto her back she has morphed into this primordial vulture goddess once more together you fly You fly upon her wings out into the cosmos. You give gratitude for this journey, for this healing. You give gratitude for this sacred life. brings you back to your dwelling. She tucks you in so cozy. She blesses your feet once more and she flies. She flies out the window. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we as individuals awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet earth. I hope you'll join me for episode two, the multiverse is speaking through you why you matter more than ever we'll dive into the power of the summer eclipse season butterfly medicine and the great pyramid as the holy of holies in the brain thank you again for being here and if you want to learn more about my work you will be able to find me at ramatribe.com and on social media at Rama tribe. Many blessings to you and to your ancestors.